Welcome to the Tim Castle Live Show, where we meet courageous people doing inspirational things around the world. In this episode, I was very privileged to welcome Mr. Jake Sally to the show. Now, Jake Selly is a man that I've known for a number of years and I've always seen him be that ambitious character that just goes out there and knows what he wants. He has a phenomenal routine and the way that he organises his life and sense of discipline. I was really thrilled to get him onto the show today to give you guys a glimpse into a man that's killing it in terms of productivity, but also in terms of how he shows up for his family and for his you know, son and daughter and for his wife. And that is, that's success. That's what true wealth is really about. And Jake epitomizes that. He's the epitome of, of true wealth. And in this episode, like we ask some tough questions. Obviously, this is all in the lens of, of COVID. How do you, you know, get on with your morning routine? Now it's been disrupted by COVID and the kind of attitude that you need to take to go into the day and to really seize the day. So obviously, Jake has a number of things going on. He's got an MBA. He's got a family with two kids. He's got a full-time sales job, which he's performing very, very well at a high level. He's also got a number of ambitions for his life, his goals, his dreams, his bigger vision. And we go into depth into all of that and into the lessons that he shares and the tools and the strategies that he uses on a daily basis to elevate his life, to take himself to the next level, to have that discipline and that mindset to really overcome challenges when he needs to. And so there's a lot of value in this podcast. I I say, take your time, get a notebook, redo it, go through it a few times. There's so much value. Jake really delivers and brings these lessons that I think a lot of people will take a lot from in similar situations. And that's the beauty of it. Jake's achieved true wealth. He's going out there. He's got a big vision for his life. And we really look at fatherhood. We look at his mentors what inspires him how does he overcome and get courage in the face of fear it's a phenomenal episode i'm really humbled and privileged to have jake on the show and uh, take it away this is jake selly on the tim castle show it's it's a pleasure and an honor to have you on board man i i fully respect and have seen you grow and do so much in your life that's just incredible and obviously, since we've known each other for a few years, I, yeah, I'm so honoured to have you on the show. The, I guess, first question comes to mind is like, you've got so much on your plate. You're a man that just stands up and goes for it in terms of having two kids, a wife, a family, commitments at work, you're doing an MBA, you've now had this you know, new job, but you've also got COVID coming in, like disrupting that, that status quo. My first initial question for you is, how's it been going? Like, what have you done? Hey, <laughs> what have you done to kind of make it happen and, and just go for it? Well, first of all, I would say thank you for the compliments, but it's also coming from the mouth of the lion himself, Tim Castle. <laughs> and for you to say that um, you respects the things that I'm doing in life, I would say I equally and definitely more respect what you're doing. And, you know, I've got a lot going on, but same thing as you, like you've written how many books, you know, be the lion is killing it. Art of negotiations, killing it. And it's cool to be able to see from when we first started working together, what was it? 2016, um, where you've come and how you, you do so well in, not playing your cards too much and then just subtly saying, Oh yeah, I've just released a book. And you're like, hold on a second, Tim Castle, you've just released a book when you were doing an MBA, you were having a baby, you were working full time. So as much as, yeah, it's, I should be asking you this question. I think for me, um, kind of the biggest thing that I take from it is, you know, we get so many messages about balance in life and Mm -hmm. how do you achieve the proper balance? And, what I've found is I can't achieve balance. Like I legitimately cannot go 100% at training, at eating healthy, at giving 100% at work, at 
um, being a hundred percent of a family man at studying, at reading, at doing all these things. I can't do it because, in life, you know, in general or now in COVID in in life in general, I just right. can't do it. So, you know, cause I was thinking, you know, before I'm going to, I'm going to plan out my day and I'm going to make sure I achieve my entire task list, list every single day. But you throw two kids into a situation and your task list goes out the window every single day. And it becomes kind of the here and now of daddy, I want peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And you're like, I'm literally just trying to read for four minutes. Like I have read one and a half sentences and you keep asking me questions. And, you know, but there's a beauty in that because um, this is a time with my children. I'll never get back. So I think instead of my perspective of trying to think about how I'm doing so much and achieving balance in this is I look at my life through trying to achieve harmony and understanding that at certain points, certain elements of my life are going to take greater focus. And what I want to think about in that is I've got my key focuses in my core of who I am. And those always need to be my priorities, but then everything else kind of shifts around and it's like a fluid pie chart where my priorities are basically moving kind of on what's in the moment. And so, you know, like there's certain times in my life where I'm able to dedicate an hour and a half a day to training six days a week and eating healthy. But then I know like, you know, if, if we've got an MBA class, if I've got um, needing to spend time with my family, needing to invest in my relationship with my wife and needing to work hard, something's got to give at some points and that's okay. But it's a, it's a matter of like trying to achieve that harmony as life goes on. Cause you've got so many times and seasons and there's times and seasons that you can focus on one elements more than others. But then there's times and seasons that some of those have to give a bit. So I think that's kind of the perspective I try to take because I used to put so much pressure on myself to hit 100% of every single type of task every single day. And like you just end up failing and you beat yourself up and you get into this, you know, this cycle of how like I'm a failure. I'm not doing this right. So for me, that little shift between balance to harmony has been, has been That's awesome. Yeah. I can see how that can keep you off almost like a negative mindset and you're really focusing on the positive. You're not judging yourself for what you don't get done. You're actually praising yourself for the stuff you do get done and you're making sure that you categorically focus on what matters. So I guess that yeah. begs the question, what, what are your key focuses now? Um, key focuses now. So I've got kind of my core elements that I would say would be faith, family, self, friends, right? I've got those elements. So and that's always self- that doesn't change. That's, that's the middle. Yeah. That, that's kind of like, those are my main focuses kind of within my pie chart. And at different times, I would like to say that they all are, they should be completely constant across the board, but they do go back and forth. But I know those are, those are my foundations. Those are my key elements that I have to keep in line because that's the core of who I am. Um, then if we're looking at like a COVID situation, it's really, really interesting because every single year I, um, will always create a word for the year. That's going to be my focus. Cause you know, I like, like this conversation about balance before where I had so many tasks that I always want to accomplish. I would put so many goals for the year that I would make it unrealistic and I am dreaming big and I believe in that. But at the same time, sometimes it's good to be just simple because mm. sometimes with simplicity, you can be more effective. That's and really, so, really strong point. Can you give us an example of a big goal? Big goal. So, um, uh, example of a big goal. Well, okay. So, I mean, this, this is my example. So, you know, going into every single year, I would always create a word for the year and my word would be very achievement oriented. It'd be mm-hmm. about finishing or it'd be about accomplishment or perseverance and dedication. And coming into 2020, my one word that just stuck out to me was connection. And it's so opposite to everything that I have ever really focused on. And it's funny because my wife is 100% on the connection train. And her one year, one word for the year was focused on more achievement. So we almost did a 180 degree flip where it's like, we're kind of, we're seeing how we're both having an influence on each other and coming together as one in marriage, um, which is a full other conversation. But yeah, so this connection piece and I was like, well, what does this mean? And, you know, this is before any idea of COVID was happening. And little, little do we know, COVID comes in and it's been like, 
it's been so challenging because we're in a two bedroom apartment with a three year old and an eight month old and, you know, working full time from my bedroom. Um, then I have to do MBA studies at night. So I'm sitting on zoom calls all day long, pretty much all night long, you know, trying to balance all that through this, this piece of harmony. But at the same time, I'm trying to achieve connection with, with my core elements, with my faith, with my family, you know, these are really, really big. So, so my goal for this year is like, I want to connect more with, with my family, with my wife. I want to connect with my kids. This is, you know, we look at being stuck in isolation and I know there's certain people that this is a very dangerous time. And I genuinely like hope and pray that, you know, if when we're talking about domestic violence and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that they can find safety in the midst of isolation. I think for us, this isolation has been incredible because when, if we're talking 20 years from now, when will we be able to look back and say, I had three solid months with my family where we were around them 24 seven. And imagine the connection that you can be developing with your children. Like normally, you know, I'm, I'll get up like my routine in the mornings um, before I would go to work is I would get up at five, five thirty. I would um, read my Bible, read a bit of a book. I would go do yoga from six to seven, come back, get ready, go straight to work. And then wouldn't be back till 6 PM. And then I'd have six to eight thirty PM to be with my kids on a weekday. And now I'm like, I'm home the entire time. I finish a meeting. I walk out, talk to him for a bit, play with him, and come back in and work. And we're together so much more. So that connection of me being able to be their daddy, me being able to be a husband, this core part of my family element has, I would say, even expanded kind of in this time. Wow. So COVID's allowed you and enabled you to double down and actually achieve your connection word for the year. That's incredible. Exactly. And, and you know, it can, it can be anything. Um, Yeah, it's just taking that perspective on whatever situation you're in. Like, there's just elements that you can't control, but can you make the best of the elements that you can control? And I think that's kind of like where we come in. And do you think if you hadn't have, was it the strategy of having the word every year that helped you see the opportunity in COVID? Or was it, is that just your, your like personal perception of life? Is that how you go through life? You're always looking for the opportunity. Um, both. I think the connection and that one word for that, that strategy for the year helps provide clarity and helps, helps keep my focus clear for things that I need to be going towards. But at the same time, you need to have that perspective of every single day, how can I make the most of this opportunity? And Mm -hmm. so it is about a, a perspective that you have to consciously take every single day. And that single word helps create the clarity. And so with that single word, is that looking at it, could it be as specific as this year, I want to achieve a new job? Or is it more broad, like this year, we're going to go for good health and we're going to have balance? Um, so when I'm, when I'm creating this word for the year, I think about, I because I'm, I would say the strength that I have, and we can talk about gifts here in a little bit. I think one of my strongest gifts is um, being able to create vision. And -hmm. I think vision is so important in your life. And so I look at, you know, what are goals? What are legitimate goals that I have in the year? Um, And what are ways that I need to achieve them? And what's kind of one overarching theme that's coming coming out of what these goals that I have are? And, you know, for me, coming into 2020, um, like my previous role, I was traveling constantly in the midst of working, in the midst of studying, in the midst of trying to balance my family. And I had, I had a lot of periods where I said, you know what, even if I'm staying this busy, I need to find a way that my core foundation, my core priorities and focuses, they need to remain a focus because there's so much of this world that just fades away, like through times and seasons. And so many things that I, I feel like are such a priority in the moment. When I look back on it a year later, I probably won't even remember what that, that issue was that I was dealing with. So it's so important to keep the core of who you are consistent. And I thought, if I keep going the way I'm going, there's a chance that this stuff could slip away. And I don't want it to slip away because this is, this is the most important thing to me. So that connection piece was, how do I help bring that back in focus in the midst of everything else that's going on? And then COVID comes in almost as my enabler to help connect. Have you heard of COVID being an enabler? 
No, yeah, this is the first time. This is amazing. Yeah, just a really good example that highlights how you've brought something, you've understood what was going on in your life, you've understood what the most important disciplines and habits and where you wanted to focus was. And then COVID's come in and actually changed the game and actually helped you achieve more in that respect. So, no, this is the yeah. first time I've heard of it from this lens. Cool. But wow. And does that feed into then your motto for life? Like we've all got a motto. Mine is believe it is possible. Obviously when, you know, I'm up against challenges, but also just on a daily basis, I call on that motto to, to really go for it and try and take my life to the next level and also be that example for other people. Cause I really want to help other people see when someone thinks that something's impossible, I just really want to change the game around. It's probably improbable, but it's still very possible. And so mm. by believing it's possible, you start to change the game and move that mindset in yourself to be able to prove out there and have success in life. So what is your motto or mantra for kind of going at life? Uh, okay. So first of all, on what you're talking about there, you've definitely done that with me. Like putting your books aside, right? We started working together and I had just had a baby, not, not me personally, that would be a, quite an accomplishment, but my wife had just had a baby and you're talking to me about an MBA and I had never even considered an MBA. And then I've got Tim Castle who sits across from me at work doing three classes in the midst of working full time and hustling left, right and center. I'm like, wow, if he can do it, maybe I can do a portion of what he's doing. So then I do an MBA. Now the company that we're both working together in, like, who brought me over to this company? Like, who's been an influencer for me <laughs> with, with the motto that he has in life? How has it played out? I can say I've been one of those people that's literally been, like, you've mentored me in so many indirect ways without you even seeing it. But it's really? coming from your life motto and, and the way you're living it out. So I think for me, my motto, and it's something that I, I was like 15 years old and I, I was on my, my space and I think somebody wrote it at one point and I was like, oh, do you guys, do you remember my space? Like <laughs> before Facebook, before all that. Um, and somebody had wrote, live the dream. And I was like, yes. And now it's become so mainstream that it sounds a bit cliche, but I can tell you it's been, it's been literally 16, 17 years that I've always just been like, yes, I want to live the dream. And for me living the dream, like it's not a destination because you know, you have a dream and you think, oh, my dream in life is, um, you know, I'm going to have big house, white picket fence, uh, be on the back of a golf course, which is then going to lead on to a beach. I'm going to be financially free and I'm going to do all these things. That's great. Um, and I think if we think about that dream and we're always trying to work towards that, we miss out in the beauty of the present. So for me, living a dream is not about this destination that I'm trying to achieve, but it's about this lifestyle that I'm living in right now. So for me, I'm always like, yeah, let's live the dream. And do you say that to yourself daily? Like, is that, is that how you wake up and you're sort of like, right, feet hit the floor, gratitude, let's live the dream? Um, like how does it play no. in life? Like when does that come into Jake Sally's life and you go, yeah, live the dream? When the, you're on the, the times that it really comes out is when I'm talking to people and they're like, how are you doing? And I, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually living the dream right now. Like <laughs> I, I am, you know, I, there's challenges. We've got so many challenges that we're dealing with on a daily basis. But the fact is, like continuing to sit here and to be thankful. And I think thankfulness is, an, is another focus that I intentionally place, but it's a part of living the dream. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's kind of my overall outlook on life to be a little bit more like, let's not worry so much and let's, let's take it for a ride and enjoy it in the midst of trying to be visionary because I think your greatest strength can also become your biggest weakness. And when I'm sitting here and I focus just on, my vision for the future, I lose out in the moment. So by having my motto of living the dream, it helps me, helps bring me back to living in the moment as well. Because I don't get lost in the moment. I'm always thinking about the future. And this helps me, helps shake my thinking to be like, no, here and now. That's amazing. So it keeps you centered in the present whilst really focused on a bigger vision and pulling and well, pulling you forward, but also pushing you to go for it. That's an awesome motto. Exactly. Yeah, because that's that's naturally who I am with always wanting to look forward and always wanting to go for the next thing. And I think this is where you and I are very much in alignment in our thinking of 
of we've, we've got goals that we want to achieve and they're huge goals. Mm-hmm. And so we're always thinking forward. And, you know, in that, I just want to make sure I've spent too much time thinking forward and missing out on the present. And I'm, I'm talking like I have a, a life of experience and knowledge. I'm only 31 years old, but you know, I feel like if we can do this now, we won't look yeah. back on it. That's absolutely true. Like there's no point in getting, like you said, if it's a destination and you reach it and you bypass the whole of your life to get there, you didn't enjoy any of the present. Was that really worth it? And secondly, if it isn't a destination and a journey, as what you said, if it's a journey, then the whole goal should be to enjoy the present. And that's, that's why it's so beautiful what you just said about living the dream, because it's infused into every day, which then reinforces the fact that you are actually living the dream. So I can see how that weaves into all of your goals, decisions, and choices and underpins that, that like having a motto like that is, is super strong. Like I can see how that, that supports your whole kind of dreams, vision, goals that you've stacked on top. And then you can kind of build where you're going on top of that. I did um, a little brainstorm about Jake Selly earlier. Um, yeah, ambition, man. It stood out. Like, you're such an ambitious character. Like, you, you, I, I've known that since I met you. Like, where you want to go, what you, what you want to throw yourself into. And, and there's no sort of challenge that you'll shy away from. How do you see, like, courage come into your life? Like, are there times when you've had to be courageous? Is it something that has stood out? Because obviously, Be the Lion was a, was a book that, Obviously, the lion is, is you know, a symbol of strength and courage throughout life and history, and it's been that symbol. But it's something that I think I've always resonated with, the idea of be courageous to almost motivate yourself to go into situations, to grow. And how, how has that played out in your life in terms of courage? Uh, courage is an interesting one because... If I was to sit here and tell you, if you said, Jake, what are your strengths? And I would say, if I would say courage to you, I would feel like a hypocrite because I don't feel like I have courage. Um, But then what was interesting is, you know, recently I was doing a bit of a self-assessment and trying to understand what are some strengths that I potentially have that I don't see. And I asked a, a lifelong friend back in the States this, and one of the things he said was bravery, which synonym to courage pretty much right Mm -hmm. um and that got me thinking so much and i was like okay so if he sees courage in me and the examples that he gave is one of them was you know i've i've been very blessed like i have a a great family back at home in the states um and i could have easily gone into a a bit of the family business and done well there and been comfortable living in my hometown and you know, had a good life, like have a comfortable life. But I came to Australia. Um, I met, met a beautiful Australian woman that I thought if I can be around the summer 24 seven with this beautiful Australian woman, that's a professional singer and is everything I've dreamed of. I'm like, yes, let's, let's do it. I started life here. And, you know, I think that the key for courage is not the absence of fear. It's being able to act and acknowledge that there is fear, but still act anyways. And so um, where I've been able to demonstrate courage is whenever you, like you, you naturally, your brain, you probably will have self-doubt. I'm a, we're not all Tim Castle, who's a freaking legend in every single way. Oh, you know, I, me, me as a, <laughs> me as a, a normal person, like I, I do have self-doubt at times and, it is, it is being able to bring that to the forefront of your mind and deal with it and acknowledge it and say, you know, the only way true growth comes is to be able to st- step out in this fear, step out past mm-hmm. this fear. And so, um, gosh, we have to deal with courage every single time we're stepping into a big sales presentation. Mm-hmm. Every single time, you know, we try to make an investment, like we're very focused on our future. So for me, like I take the finances of my family very serious and I'm, I'm a pretty conservative investor, but for me to invest, I want to say that um, I'm doing this, understanding the risks, and that's where the fear comes, because I'm like, I don't want to fail my family. So mm. um, yeah, just kind of coming back to that question of where do I find courage? It's like, I have to be able to, to speak truth into my life and still acknowledge the doubts that I have. Wow. That is an answer. That, that last sentence as well, speak truth into to my life. And acknowledge what was it acknowledge the fear as well and the doubts yeah 
Yeah. So you're, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, you're enabling yourself to, to walk forward into the unknown situation, but you're also recognizing within yourself, hey, I'm scared of this. There's, there's some fear, there's some anxiety here. And again, you're not judging yourself for that. You're owning it. And then that enables you to move through and be courageous. That's awesome, man. What's like your investment strategy? Like, obviously, if you say you're, you've got the weight of your family on your shoulders and you want to do well for them, you want to make investments that are going to, you know, exponentially increase, that's a big, big thing to have. And obviously, the market right now is quite choppy, uh, as it always mm-hmm. is. What's your kind of investment strategy? Um, so, I think one of my biggest pieces of investment is investing in my learning. Um, nice. first and foremost, because that's going to be able to put me in positions I would not be able to, uh, be able to do today. You know, if I can continue to be a lifelong learner and one, one lesson that I've had recently, um, I did a MBA unit in China. And one of the, the key elements to this, this unit was learning to unlearn in order to relearn. So and what does that mean? I'm really intrigued. Yeah. So um, it was actually coming in with a perspective of having a westernized mindset and coming into China and thinking from a westernized mindset on what our definition of leadership is and what our definition of how the way things should be run are, being able to see that, to be able to unlearn it and to come in with an open perspective in order to relearn other ways. So and what's then, the Western mindset? What's the Western leadership mindset? Like, so Western, Western leadership mindset, and this is being very general um, mm. and kind of like very, very stereotypical. We can say stereotypical American. I can say that because that's my people, all right? Yeah, just like um, in layman's terms. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, so American. I'm like, yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, the, but those aren't my people, totally. Um, the westernized concept of leadership is being at the forefront and really being that voice that people follow right. versus, versus like the Chinese concept of leadership isn't necessarily being at the forefront and being the loudest voice um, and trying to almost evangelize to get people to, to do the things according to specific sort of ways. It's actually more of, how do I become central to everything? How do I like, cause if you look at the definition of China and you look at how it's broken out into the Chinese characters, it actually stems from meaning middle kingdom. And China has like, if you're talking about directions, you know, we, we've got North, South, East and West mm. and we function in four directions in China. They function in five directions, North, South, East, West, and central. Like centrality is such a key point of who they are and of what leadership is to them. So for me, like thinking about this investment and thinking about learning, a lot of my learning is saying, where have I um, created a perspective or a lens that may have been limited or even incorrect? And how can I come in to try to learn more by opening my mind to different perspectives to be able to allow me to grow as much as I can as an individual? Man, and how did you find that? Like, how did you find going in with an open mind? Was it, did it flick back or? Uh, it Honestly, it leaves me more confused because the more I begin to learn, the more I realize how much I don't know. And so, um, yeah, it's it's been interesting. So I'm I'm taking a bit more of both perspectives and I think I'm, less willing to come in and say that my way is right and to try to force that on somebody, but to try to appreciate diversity a bit more diversity of thinking. Okay. So the, yeah, so going to China, doing that, that module and experiencing that shift from Western leadership to Chinese and just understanding that there's a whole new way of doing things. Now you've applied that in your own life where you may walk into a situation with a team or a, a new project or a new piece of work. And perhaps are you taking that concept if I've heard you right to really go in there with a, a mindset of maybe I don't know, have all the information. Maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I don't know everyone's skill sets. Therefore I'm going to take a bit of time to really ask some questions and get so that we can make the best out of this and, and really find, dig a little bit, bit deeper into the information that might be there from the perspective that 
you might not have all the answers up front. Is that how you've applied it? Exactly, because when you come in and you realize that your unique set of gifts are incredible, but they're not perfect and they're, they're limited to an extent. So how can I be leveraging the unique set of gifts that other people have that are unique to every individual person to help make our team as great as possible? So it's the diversity of the gifts that I find to be truly beautiful. And how can we bring that diversity of gifts to create a unique outcome? Nice. And how do you deal with someone's not on the same page or haven't been to China to have that like pearl of wisdom? Is that something that you've faced or are people quite, once you tap into their gifts and you show, give them that opportunity, are they quite you know, open to, do they receive you in that way? Um, I'd say for the most part, like, and it, it could be uncovering quite a few conversations, but once we get down to it, um, people are quite open. And I, I think that's just the nature of kind of the world today with, you know, diversity is, is something that is always spoken about and with being able to try to understand the way different way or the different things are run, like people are more willing to, to have an open mind about it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty cool because when you start getting people to um, think about and focus on the strengths that they can bring um, and then really focusing on conversations around strengths of each individual person, you can start to see where things overlap and where um, there's certain gaps that other people can fill with the strengths that they have. So it does take a team that everybody's willing to be a part of though. Well, absolutely. And that, that sounds like a real leadership perspective as well. You're trying to like leverage the, the strengths of the whole so that you can all advance forward uh, with strength rather than trying to kind of place it on key individuals that may even, it may even be a biased perspective that you think that individual's you know, capable of this multitude of talents, but there's no one else on the team or there's no one else that can do these things. So that's super interesting. So if we had to break, you know, you've talked about your life, you know, and, and living the dream and the way that you have your core focuses and that you'll have your word for the year and these strategies that you, you found to really help. What, then would be the mission in your life for Jake Selly. What is your mission? Oh, this is a good, good question. Um, I think my mission is um, to first love God, love people, and be a blessing to others with the gifts that I've been given. And I truly, I like to say gifts over strengths because mm -hmm. when I continue to think about gifts, like if you what is a gift? It's something that I would give you. It's a present that I would give you, right? So if I can keep it as a concept of my strengths are gifts, it means that I can't keep that for myself. I need to help others with it. And I need to right. be able to use my unique set of gifts to help others. And if we all can take that and we all understand we have a unique set of gifts, like if I look at one individual strength of mine, I'm always going to find somebody that's better than me. If I look at my unique set of gifts, I am uniquely me and there's nobody else that's uniquely me. There's nobody else that's uniquely Jake Sully. There's nobody else that's uniquely Tim Castle. So if I can take that and do everything I can to make sure that I am the best that I possibly can be, whether it's through studying, whether it's through, you know, staying core to, to my foundational focuses, if I can keep that there, then that, that's where this being a blessing and being able to give gifts comes from. That's an amazing perspective. And just, that's completely changed the game for me, just thinking about things in terms of, I'm always one to say people should focus on their strengths. Like weaknesses is great. Like there's a lot out there to say, let's improve the weaknesses. But I really think it's about strengths. And like you said, we've each got individual talents, but really shifting that to gifts and thinking of it as the word gifts. And what does that symbolize? Moving that to actually a gift needs to be shared in order to be activated. And the fact that it's a unique combination of gifts for each individual person, that's something really special. There's something really powerful in that. I can, I can see. Uh, so your mission in life then is to so put God, God, your family, your, your vision and investing into yourself really and to, to really bring your gifts out into the world, whichever way that you focus that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this, <clears throat> I would say that even, comes to how I think about mentorship and think about purpose in life. Cause you know, 
I think we might discuss this, but you know, a lot of questions come across like, oh, who's your mentors in life? Well, and let's, I used, let's discuss it. Let's, 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 let's discuss let's it. There. Let's do it. So, you know, when I was younger and I spent probably a good amount of my 20s looking for a mentor that fit, that ticked every single box of the priorities that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find somebody that I could look up to in every single way. And um, after years of failing of finding somebody like that, you know, I, I realized that I'm never going to find somebody that's going to be uh, ideal Jake Sully. I'm never going to find somebody that's going to be the 100% person that I want to be because it comes back to that unique set of gifts. So what I look for when I'm looking for mentors is I've got my focuses. I've got, you know, I want, I want to emulate somebody who is an incredible family man. I want to emulate somebody who is an incredible father and is so intentional with their father. I want to emulate somebody who's so intentional with their faith. I want to emulate somebody who is a freaking gun when it comes to business. And I want to emulate somebody who's an author. There's all these elements I want to emulate. So I find mentors kind of for those specific parts of my life. And, and I think that has helped me um, not have unmet expectations on people. Because I know what element of their life I want to glean wisdom from and then kind of take it from there. That's awesome. I reckon people can learn a lot from that, that strategy of just not necessarily looking for the perfect human to, to model in every aspect, but taking the best from a, a range of different individuals. And therefore, you, you can kind of, and that can move throughout life as you change as well, I'm, I'm guessing. And ha- like something I want to touch on that you just said, like, so I know being a dad is really, really important to you. So what does fatherhood mean to you? So um, I, I look at, you know, my life and I've, I've had an incredible relationship with my dad growing up and he's, he's one of my mentors and he's probably one of the people that I look up most to in terms of most aspects of life even. And mm-hmm. I would consider him to be my best friend in so many ways. Um, for me, fatherhood, you know, I also think about where insecurities come in in people's lives. And um, I've had a lot of conversations with people just due to the nature of my industry, my wife's industry, that come from a lot of broken childhoods. And they've got a lot of issues that are stemming from, you know, their childhood and the lack of a father figure and the lack of a parental figure in their life that can be that leader. And when it comes down to it, I think it's, we all have this deep search for love and this deep search for acceptance. And I can tell you that with my three and a half year old, um, JJ, who's named Jake Jr. Um, when I look at him, I can see the way he looks at me. And it's the same way that I would look to my dad for acceptance, for approval, for love. So my goal is to be so intentional in giving that like, I say three things to my son every day and um, I'm going to borrow this from a friend of mine who mentioned it. And I was like, I actually do that too, but I never considered doing that every Mm -hmm. single day. I tell my son that I'm proud of him and I tell him that I love him unconditionally. And I say, you know what, no matter what you do in life, no matter what you want to become, no matter what the fact is you are still Jacob of Scott Sully Jr. And you're my son my love for you is not dependent on your actions. And, and so by telling him, by giving him, him these affirmations every single day, you can see, like, you can see when you speak life into a child versus when you, you're, you're tearing them down. You can see that that life coming in plays such a vital part in helping to mold and shape their personality. So I think we have such a responsibility. Parents, parents have the biggest responsibility because, you know, they're helping to to build up and support and train our future generations. And so with that, we've, we've got so much that's, that's on our shoulders to be able to do everything we can to support them. And yes, like I fully believe in discipline. I fully believe in all these different elements, but when it comes down to it, if you can stem from this foundation of love and acceptance, no matter what you can then work towards so much because you can give them the freedom to experiment, to try to understand what is their personality and what isn't their personality. What are their strengths and what, 
what are their weaknesses in a sense? Like, I don't want to ever say all, to my children, oh, that's a weakness of yours. Don't ever, don't ever pick up a ball again because you can't throw a baseball. I don't want to say that, right? <laughs> but I want to give them the freedom to be able to experiment without a fear of failing. And so, yeah, it's ultimately coming down to this, this intentionality through love and parenting because we have such a big responsibility in this. I love that. Like, yeah, you're putting love at the core of what you're doing and how you're even disciplining your child, but also helping them grow and learn and go out into the world and just be their true selves, like right from the get-go. You're not waiting till, you know, they're 10 or 11 or when they, you know, are, are facing issues. You're actually starting right now. What do you say, three and a half, and you're giving him yeah. three prompts. That's going to have such a big effect on his life. Um, and to know that you're there for him, that you back him 100%. Like, yeah, that is, that is truly special. And I think, I mean, it would be hard, like we could have a full conversation about parenting as well. But one thing that we always try to talk about is um, under, what? We should should at another time. But one thing, you know, on this concept of love is I always try to affirm him that, you know, when he does something wrong, we're disciplining him because we love him. Because the way you learn is actually by understanding kind of what are some boundaries and like from a kid's perspective, like what is legitimately safe versus not safe? If I touch a stove, is that safe or not safe? Is this going to harm me? So by us disciplining him, we're showing him that we love and care for him. And we want him to understand consequences of actions because if they begin to have that, you start to understand, okay, where should I be investing my time and my energy and my focus? If I know what the outcomes will be, is this going to lead to, and it's very simplistic, but is this action that I'm going to do going to lead to a good consequence or a bad consequence? If I say, JJ, pick up your toys, and JJ says, okay, daddy, that's a good consequence, and mm-hmm. there's not going to be discipline that comes from that. And so there's a lot of conversation about understanding that all actions have a consequence associated with it, whether it's good or bad, and then that can hopefully help guide his thinking to you know, when he's adult, where do I invest my time and my money and my resource and my strengths? How can I understand the outcomes that will come from this? Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely shaping a little human here. And then how that's going to pop up in in sort of 10, 15 years, it's going to be phenomenal. That's that's awesome, man. It's really cool to hear how you're you're doing fatherhood. And yeah, I hold you up as an example for fatherhood and, and that's around the world like this is there's some really important lessons in what you just said so in terms of areas of your life that give you inspiration that fuel the jake sally machine what at the moment is driving you forward and where do you where do you go for sustenance because we all need that boost sometimes we all need to find inspiration how do you do it uh how do i do it that's a good question um this comes back to you know what my normal kind of morning routine would be um with covid yeah pre-covid post-covid there there's no such thing as a morning routine for me now unfortunately it's different every single day and kind of got to learn to be flexible in this time (laughs) that's another test for me um you know it's getting up it's it's spending time investing in uh, my spiritual life, investing in my mind for learning and for growth and in- investing in my uh, physicality with being able to get up, go to the gym, get a workout in, do yoga, do whatever it is, and then come back and be ready to hit the day. And those are the key things that, like, if I get that in in the morning, I can tell you it's going to be a good day, <laughs> no no matter what. How have you think been every day- in your mindset? Like, how, well, any sources of inspiration or or podcasts or what do you do to if you've narrowed in on right i need some spirituality i need some mindset yep. i need some health they're my three factors in the morning how have you gone about like almost like a sales pipeline how do you keep new leads yep. coming in how do you keep new sources of inspiration coming in and where do you seek that um a lot of places um i'm not i'm not much of a podcast podcast person mm-hmm. personally um i love to just you know, get that fresh book, be able to open it up, smell the pages and be able to read if I want to write in it, like do whatever I can there. So for me, reading is key. Um, Writing and a lot comes from books with you. A lot, a lot comes from books and being able to write as well. So I, you know, whether it's journaling, whether it's just putting my thoughts down within notes in my phone and 
um, you know, this is all kind of coming together to have a lot more of kind of like a coherent message because I notice themes that, you know, even develop over time. And this is also help, this helps inform my words for the year and for my goals and for mm-hmm. what I want to accomplish by a lot of these sources. So like, I can tell you some of my, some of my favorite books. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have them all here because somewhere in the room where my eight month old was sleeping and the return on investment to be able to go grab those versus having her wake up. Like <laughs> I think I'd be dead by my wife. So I had to leave them in the room. Right. No, makes sense. So, I agree. Yeah. So I mean, current books, like I, I love that my friend Tim Castle has, you know, he's got some books that have come out and <laughs> he always gets them to me nice and early. So I'm able to be one of the first adopters for that. So I, I love especially Be the Lion because some of his stories in that book or some of your stories in that book, you know, I, I remember witnessing from a different perspective. Yeah, for sure. I remember, really- I remember we, were, we were in Colorado together when you got stuck because your visa was expired, right? Yeah. And, okay. and you, were, <laughs> you were telling me as this was unfolding a little bit, like, I need to get back to Australia. I'm stuck. You know, I'm in Singapore now. <laughs> you know, you told me all these things as they were happening. And then going back and, and reading on it, it's like, it's really fun. You know, it's a good story. It's a good story, yes, but it's fun to see you do it. Um, other books. Look at this. Hey, that's oh, awesome. look at that. That's awesome. You know? So. Oh, what have we got there? Dahlia. You, yes, of course. Always, right? Investments. Um, book i always try to have a book that's focused on family so this is a parenting book um and i you know it's it's kind of coming back to those core focuses i want to be constantly learning how i can be a better parent how i can be a better husband um Mm -hmm. so so i always try to keep that as part of kind of the core readings and and, you know what am i going to read one day versus another that i don't really have a set structure it's kind of like what i'm feeling it's whatever's Whatever you're feeling for that day, you might dig into it. Right, I need a little bit more parenting stuff here. I really want to I feel like this is happening. Let's pick it up. I've got a good book here. I'm going to dig in and get started on wherever we are. Versus, yep. right, today it's all about, you know, mindset. Let's jump in and, and take off from that vantage point. Do you read multiple you know, books at once then? Yes, I do. I read multiple books at once. Um, and it's, it's honestly depending on the person. Some people need tons and tons of structure. When I have tons of structure, I lose a bit of the element of creativity and inspiration. So I like to keep structure within bounds to allow for creativity and inspiration in the midst of making sure that I hit my core elements. Um, I was reading this book right now, First 90 Days. I think it's backwards. Well, this is the first 90 days, yeah, especially because, you know, I've just started at a new company. And so this is strategies about how to get up to speed faster and smarter. Amazing. So, so this, this helps have a focus even before you start at the company. What are some, what should you be thinking about on day one? Cause it's all about first impressions. What should you have hoped to accomplish by day 30? How do you understand the culture in a company? How do you understand the, the systems, um, the way things work? How do you, how do you be able to get up to speed as quick as possible? So you can really begin to start making positive contributions mm. and be positive value for your company. So uh, this is a really good one for anybody who's starting a company. Well, who's the author? Of or starting one? at a company. I like, I mean, um, definitely pick that up. Michael D. Watkins. Michael and D. Watkins, we're coming your way. There's not as many juicy stories as Be the Lion. So sometimes you feel like you have to kind of get through it, but it's got a lot of really good content in it. Um, one of my favorites, Essentialism. And this is, this is by Greg McCown. Have you, have you read this? I've seen you mention, I think you mentioned this even like three years ago when you were sat opposite me. Like this yeah, is, so, so I've, I've read it a couple of times. Yeah, so it's about the disciplined pursuit of less. And that, that's really narrowing down your focuses and investing kind of in your, your focuses and in your strengths to be able to get more out of it. So when you, when you have, say if I have five things I'm trying to accomplish at once, if I remove four and focus on that one, think about how much more progress I can make on that one than trying to do all five. Does it then, uh, once you master one, do you then go on to the next one? Is that the philosophy? Or do you just get amazing at that one? Um, if you're looking at it from a strengths perspective, um, 
I would say from a strengths perspective that what I've taken from this, and I think there's different interpretations for different people, but yeah, like focus on your strengths and be the best that you can be. Because I kind of make the joke that, you know, um, my wife is a professional singer and she's incredible. And you can say, okay, her gift is singing and she is at the top of the charts when it comes to singing. But for Jake... For Jake, if you look at all of my gifts, I feel like if there's a line of average, I'm above average to good at pretty much everything. There's nothing that makes me great just with my natural gifts. So I'm kind of like, a, what I say, a Jake of all trades, master of none. <laughs> so this helps me put more focus into, okay, so what are some things I'm a bit better at and how can I, how can I invest in those strengths to help bring that up to potentially become great and excellent at you know, what's uniquely me? So you're literally, yeah, you're trying to, basically this is helping you get to world-class in a few areas. And the way you're doing that is by extreme focus, cutting out all the distractions saying, this is what we're doubling down on. This is where we're going. And that's where we're going to become world-class. Like it. Yeah. Um, I'll go through these quickly. So grit, grit is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Power of passion and perseverance. Angela Duckworth. This is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, this was really, really uh, helpful in Be the Lion. Actually, she um, gave me a quote, and she she gave me some stuff to put in the book. So she was she was really lovely. You know, not everyone gets back to you when you're out there researching or you've had influences and you want to kind of touch base and just get their thought process. So Angela Duckworth was yeah for sure one of the favorites. And you know, for me, just because you've been able to have contact with her, it makes you that much more famous in my books as well. So. <laughs> Well, um, what's so grit? If we were to distill grit, then her book, what would you say is the main essence of if we were to distill grit? Because it's a big book. It is a big book, um, <laughs> and you know, again, it's what are what are the kind of things of focus in your life, and what can you be getting out of different books, right? So for me, grit is like continuing to persevere, and if we look at it from a sales perspective. Um, you know, most salespeople will give up on a sales opportunity after one, two, or even three, three goes at trying to get in contact with Mm. someone, right. Or, Mm. you know, three conversations. And if nothing's come out of it, they kind of give up, but how do you persevere where you're getting into six, seven, eight, 10, 11 conversations, 11 points of contact, because a lot of times that's where the sale actually comes in. So this whole element of perseverance and having grit to be able to keep the passion going when it seems like nothing's giving and to persevere, but still having that passion to be able to, to get the results. Like that's, that's what I love about it. I think when I see somebody that can persevere, when the odds are stacked up against them, like I, I aspire to that so much. Awesome. That's a, Wow. Yeah, that's an awesome summary. Um, I need to pick it up again. Yeah, it's good. Um, and then I would say this is, this is the other one that is a key focus for me. This is High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. And he actually has his audiobook on Spotify, which you can listen to. Um, yeah, so he's... Is that a COVID yeah, he's, thing? Is it what? Is it a COVID thing or has he just put that out ever since that book came out? He just put it out on Spotify as well. He's just put it out. So he has studied thousands of high performers across the world, whether it's CEOs, um, inspirational leaders, and he's looked at what traits make them high performing. Mm. And he's brought it down to, I think, I think one, one of the biggest lessons I've had from this is considering the element of what are your transitions? Um, you know, cause we go from a moment of productivity and I am, I am, always thinking about this now because I, I just flat out sucked at it before, but you know, I'll say, you know, I'm going to be super productive in this 50 minutes and whether it's writing, whether it's, you know, getting emails out, what, whatever it is, or whether it's reading, I'll do it. And then I'll be like, whew, that 50 minutes was done. And then I'll, I'll waste time. And it's like two hours later. And it's like, wow, I didn't really need that productive time of 15 minutes because I've just spent three hours doing 15 minutes worth of work because I've taken two hours off. And he's very focused on these moments of transition and how to make them intentional to where you can, you can. From task to task. Yeah. Where you can get back into that moment of productivity again. 
And that's what separates performers from high performers. And, and if you take that throughout your day, think about how much more you can get done. If you say, wow, I've had four periods of intense productivity versus one period. And then I've had a huge break and all of a sudden, where's time gone? Massive. That's massive. Yeah. You're stacking, stacking productivity on productivity rather than waiting and not understanding like how you're like, like yeah, you're right. Like you can just sit there and mindlessly kind of do stuff. And then you realize what well, hour and a half has gone by. Not much has been achieved, but it, yeah, if you can start to, to move consciously into different tasks a lot faster then I can see how, yeah, definitely that would make you a high performer. Yeah. So that's, that's one element of it. I suggest, I suggest go for it. The few books that I was going to read or I was going to bring here as well is obviously be the lion, but that's in the room. So I can't do it right now. Yeah. And I, and I thought we could go right behind you and look at it there. So. No, man, that's awesome. That's great to hear what I always love to know what books people are reading, what, how they keep that fresh in their lives and, and also like different strategies for reading books because there are peaks and troughs and there are times when there are lulls, but it's nice. There's so many times when you have that mastermind group, I call it a mastermind group, like a bit like Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill has had a massive effect on how I look at the world and how he used to talk about mastermind groups and the fact that you you can pick on different people for different things at different times. It seems like books are a way to do that. Like I'm the same, I keep 11 different books on my nightstand, not really consciously. It's not, they've just ended up there, but by them ending up there, it does mean that I then pick out, maybe I'll read you know, Marcus Aurelius tonight or I'll read you know, Gabrielle Bernstein. Or I'll, I'll, they're there. And because they're there, it forces an action, which is then that diversity of thought at the time you need it. And you're like, actually, yeah, that is the exact book I need right now. I'm going to dig into it and then just start reading and, and you start to get those ideas. So I think a lot of what I find books do is that they get me into a creative space and that's where you start getting into the subconscious and ideas start flashing. And then what you need, then what, well, that's, if we bring them, be the line philosophy in to this conversation, what I do then is then force the action. So have the idea, then do it now. So have the idea and, and by being able to have become a self-starter in that way in your own life where you take the idea, it flashes up. Maybe it's an idea for a business. Maybe it's an idea of who to contact to get, to get through or get a breakthrough. That's, and it, and it goes through to sales as well, man. Like that's the, that's happens in sales. Like, some of the biggest sales I've had or the biggest opportunities I've had have come from flashes of inspiration, but then obviously acting on it now and making sure that I don't procrastinate, making sure that I just keep doing that. And so that's where I feel like having books or podcasts or videos or whatever it is that you're like surrounding your daily environment is super, super important. So it's awesome to hear that you've, yeah. Do you keep them there on that on that shelf, or were they? Uh, that's sort of like <laughs> in position for books, and there's they're all around the house. I, I they're kind of all around the house, and I had to um, clear this space for this podcast because this is my current work desk right now. Um, <laughs> right. Since working from COVID, you know, nice. I feel like I should be paying. I feel like I should be paying you for this coaching session right now, Tim. <laughs> you know, with with the gems that you're just dropping in there, I'm like, no man, this is for you, brother. Um, this is yeah. I like I like your workspace. You've got a lot of lovely, decent plants there. I know I'm conscious of time as well. I don't. I know that this is a, a working day for you, and you want to go out there and kick ass. So I just you just That's right because I've got a couple more, but I don't want to um, hold you back from making some sales. Um, so we've done morning routine. I think what's the what's the surprising thing that's made the most or the biggest difference in how you have success in your life? What surprised you about success? Um, I think what surprised me about success is, you know, success is, it's not always what you think of it to be, Mm. you know, it's, it, it can be very fleeting feeling, you know, you, you get a sale and you feel successful in that. And then you're like, now what? And, you know, a lot of times you hear stories of, professional athletes that train their entire life to win a championship and once they've won it they go is this is this all it was what was it so i think with being able to feel success it's got to come from day to day it's got to come from choosing your attitude having a positive outlook on life and you know when you have 
when you have that day-to-day outlook and you know your core foundation of who you are, of your priorities, and you keep those in line, the success, I think, becomes that much sweeter. And so, and so if you're not, uh, so when, when you have a sale or you have a successful moment in your investing or in your daily life and you, hit, you have a good day when you hit those core focuses, when you feel success for a brief moment, what you're saying is, is to your philosophy, it's more about the journey. It's more about how you're traveling through life and able to support multiple successes, but not just getting caught up in the feeling of success because it is fleeting and it's not just about that. And, you know, it's coming back to a concept and I don't know if by definition it's perfect, but if you can kind of um, go with me on this as I explain Mm -hmm. this, um, you know, we're, we're trying to pursue happiness in so many different areas of life. And you always hear about like, do what makes you happy. I look at happiness as a fleeting emotion because as quick as you have happiness, you also have sadness. And if I try to live my life according to happiness, my life is like a massive wave going up and down, up and down between happy times and Mm. hard times and super happy times and then kind of okay times. Mm -hmm. But instead of trying to pursue happiness, I try to pursue joy. And by having joy, I think about this as more of a long-term state. If I can have a constant element of joy, because, you know, where there's those sad times and where there's challenging times, I can still find joy in the moment because if I have a challenging time, I know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow me. I don't have to be happy, but I can have joy because I know the outcome it can create. If I can pursue joy, I'm going to have more of constant balance in emotions. And so by pursuing joy... The, the success is great and my waves will come and go, but they won't be as extreme. So I don't have these really low lows and I can be consistent throughout my life. Wow. So when the, when the wave comes for you, as they naturally will in life, you're there more stable because your, your emphasis is on joy. Do you then try to cut things out of your life that don't make you feel joyful or how do you change your attitude to life? Like, do you choose it every day do you yeah how do you bring more joy into your life i think um joy can't be something that comes to externally i think it's got to be something that comes from within and again it's coming back to the core of who you are what can feed you and what can you know it's it's this element of my faith my family and investing in myself. If I can keep those things going, that keeps my core joy constant. And it is about this positive outlook on life and having an intentional mindset to have joy in life and to practice gratitude and thankfulness. Like, oh, you know, COVID is super hard for business right now. But at the same time, I can be thankful for this challenge because I'm learning to work harder than I ever have before to try to make something happen. And this work ethic that I'm developing out of COVID is going to play so well. And I'm going to reap so many rewards down the track when you know the market is much easier and we feel like we're on top of the wave, but I still can have that work ethic that I've learned from the challenging time. That is incredible. My man, that is that is a symphony you just you just said. That is some beautiful words. That yeah, you're right. You're you're becoming a completely more resilient human being by going through COVID. If you can mine gold in this time, that's a skill that's going to stay with you forever. And and just think how the pastures are going to grow, how the fields are going to grow. Like it's going to be a completely different scenario, especially uh, going through COVID and actually seeing the opportunity and focusing on your joy. I like the idea of you've got this joy tank. You're, feeling, you're keeping your joy tank full by knowing what to focus on. I think that's like to sort of wrap this up in, in that sense, man, that you've really brought to the table just this awesome idea of knowing what you're focusing on, knowing what's important to you, knowing how to then articulate and rearrange and reorientate your life, not only on a yearly basis, and I love the word strategy, but also on a consistent daily basis through times of struggle like COVID. And you're not expecting yourself to then have this immaculate morning routine. You're adapting throughout the change and you're able to then go into areas of high performance, pull in people from distant disciplines that really inspire you to go bigger. And I think there's so much value in that for people. Where can people find out more about Jake Selly? 
honestly, the best place to find out more about Jake Sully is probably my wife's Instagram, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't post that much. Um, my Instagram, Jake Sully 21 LinkedIn, look me up, Jake Sully. Um, yeah, my wife is Rebecca Sully official. She's got a bit more of keeping us on game with the family and stuff. And I make guest appearances like I've done her makeup before and I've never done makeup in my entire life. So I tried putting it on her face and it was a disaster, things like that. So, you know, it, I, I place a lot of priority on my family. So a way to learn about me is by also seeing my family. I love it, man. Thanks for, for coming on. And, and you're definitely going out there being courageous. You want, you know, this whole podcast and the mission is to talk to courageous people doing inspirational things around the world. And you're certainly doing that. And you dropped a ton of value today. So much love and gratitude, brother. I really appreciate it's a, it. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, Tim. And you are the epitome of what it means to go out and be courageous and to find opportunities when it seems like there's nothing. You've got such a good eye for being able to carve out opportunity and success all through when, you know, it seems like all the odds are stacked up against you. And I respect you so much for that. And the fact that, you know, when you were riding Be The Lion, you were waking up, what was it, 4.30 in the morning, every single morning, you're living in a studio apartment and you would sit on your bathroom toilet to write the book, right? Like that, I personally, I don't think sitting on the bathroom toilet, I'm going to get that much creative inspiration to write, but you still push through when it seemed like there was nothing there. And um, we can all take so much from that. And I appreciate you having me on your podcast and I'm always going to root for you.